You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, ho, 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 ho. what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. I'm a performance coach, life coach, speaker, wellness entrepreneur, and it is my mission in this life to help people live the best lives they could possibly live, to elevate their consciousness and to deepen their spirit. On today's episode, this is a solo show, so I will be presenting the Full Moon Reset Challenge. This is a protocol that I've been doing with my coaching clients for a couple of years, and it's been so damn effective that I decided to dedicate an entire episode to it. This is a protocol which is 16 days, a half sidereal cycle where you start on a new moon, which is no moon in the sky, and then you end at the full moon. It's 15 or 16 days, and it is a total audit of your areas of consumption, your areas of media exposure, negative thought patterns, and negative habits that are holding you back. A lot of my friends are doing sober October, so no drugs, no alcohol for all of October, and it's also fall where people let go, where the trees let go of leaves, and it is a perfect time of the year to take an assessment before it gets into the holidays of what you're doing in your life that needs to go, what needs to be looked at, and I've got the thing for you. You can go to fullmoonreset.com to learn a little bit more about this protocol, you can follow me on Instagram, real Sean McCormick. You can also go to seanmccormick.com, which is my coaching website. And I'm really, really, really excited to be bringing this information to you. This is, in, in, in my experience, in order for us to move forward in our lives, in order for us to be our best selves, we have to simplify. We have to reset all of the things that we're doing that are holding us back or gumming up our brains or bodies, habits. And this is the prescription. This is the way to go. This is not easy. Uh, this is not supposed to be easy. But this is a very specific, very custom protocol that has been working for clients of mine for years. And now I want to bring it to you. If you have any questions, please let me know. If you like these solo shows, you know, I did one late, late last year uh, where I talked about goal setting, how to structure your to-do list, and how to think of your productivity. And I actually teased this exact protocol um, about 10 months ago. And uh, if you like this stuff, please let me know. Send me an email at sean at seanmccormick.com or sean, S-E-A-N, at naturalstacks.com. And let me know what you think about this. Um, I've gotten some positive feedback already as I've started to trickle out here among my network in Seattle. And I'm really excited to bring this out to you. Also, also, later this month, October... 25th, 26th, 27th is the Beat Burnout Summit. Roy Krebs, as you know, is the co-founder of Natural Stacks, as well as myself, have contributed some classes to an assortment of other experts like Chris Masterjohn, Naraj Naik, um, Christine Roche, um, some folks from Viome, sleep health experts. All these people are contributing to the Beat Burnout Summit, which is a free online summit toward the end of the month and it's it's really an amazing compilation of people who 
who are experts in how to beat burnout. Um, so go ahead and go to the show notes, as always, for information on the Beat Burnout Summit. I've contributed this protocol, the Full Moon Reset Challenge, as well as some insights into flotation therapy as part of the Beat Burnout Summit. And uh, it's a really cool deal. So please go to the show notes and just at least check it out um, and register to sign up for the course because I think that we all could use a little bit of insight into what is burning us out and how we can deal with this, which is exactly the topic of today's show. I'm very excited. I'm very grateful to be sharing this information with you. And frankly, I'm a little bit nervous. So hope you like it. I can't wait to hear back from you guys. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the Full Moon Reset Challenge. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. Well, let's dig right into it. Let's jump right in. This protocol was born out of a need, a need that I think a lot of us experience, which is we are just overloaded. We just have too much stuff going on in our life. Not only are we overexposed to media messages and alerts and screens, but we also have habits of consumption that we have left unchecked. And over the course of our, I think really starting in our 20s, you know, whether you went to college or not, after high school, is when we start to develop these habits of consumption that we don't really think about until it's like unsustainable. So through the 20s and into the 30s, into the 40s, we go through this process of just consuming sort of unknowingly. We eat bad foods. We spend too much time watching TV. We have negative thought patterns that are kind of screwing with us. We don't even know it. And we have habits, you know, behaviors that we kind of do every single day or, or occasionally that just work against who we really are in our deepest parts of ourselves. And that's what this is all about. You see, I've been developing the Full Moon Reset Challenge, and I've been doing it with coaching clients for probably two and a half years. And the essence of this thing is that in order for us to move forward in any meaningful way, and that includes new habits, that includes things that are exercise, you know, supplements, which obviously I'm a huge fan of, but in, in before we can move forward, before we can add things back in, we have to simplify. We have to start from scratch. We have to really reset our mind, body, and spirit. And you have probably been listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast for hundreds of episodes, which I thank you so much. And you probably know by now that I'm a big fan of transformational experiences, flotation therapy experiences, ayahuasca, psychedelics, you know, give the disclaimer that this is not for everybody and you should talk to your doctor and you should do things that are legal, period. But in order to get into these, the momentum forward in your life, in order to go forward in a meaningful way, we have to know where we're starting from. We have to connect with who we really are. You are not the Netflix shows that you watch. You are not the food that you eat. That could be argued. You are not the, the thoughts that you have in your head. You are something completely different. 
so in order to move forward, we have to just like totally reduce, we have to totally reset the systems in our body. I'll tell you a little story. So when I did my first ayahuasca ceremony, I really didn't know what to expect, but I understood that there was a two-week period where I had to totally, absolutely like reduce the things that I was consuming so that I could cl- sort of clear out and cleanse in preparation for the for the uh, the first ceremony. So within um, uh, Amazonian jungle shamanism, plant medicines, that you, you can't eat pork, you can't eat salt, no booze, no cannabis, no sex. And that was profound for me. I mean, think about that. When was the last time that you went a week, let alone two weeks, without sex or masturbation, without salt, without pork, without overexposing yourself to media messages. It's a big deal. You know, we add sugar in there and we've got this really profound way to change these negative gnarly habits that we've been doing unknowingly for a long time. So I was about four days into my preparation for my first ayahuasca session and I was not very happy. I was pissed. <laughs> I was so used to, uh, I was so used to eating sugar. This is back in 2011. I was so used to eating sugar. You know, I was so used to having sex, and to not have that in my life as sort of a given. I found that I was pretty damn irritable. Uh, I was set off easy. I couldn't couldn't really focus very well. I was I was sort of discombobulated because I was so used to my my typical habits of consumption and my typical habits of thinking but at about day four or five I realized that I started to think like kind of my old self I started to think and feel like a kid again a little bit you know I had this sort of like um, really joyous optimism I had a clarity of thought that I hadn't had in a long time I had a a deeper understanding of myself just in four days, like on the fourth day. And because I knew that I was going to be doing something that I was totally scared stiff to do, I knew that I was going to have to stop kind of the media exposure because the political climate wasn't going to help me have a more transcendent experience in, in ayahuasca. I had to sort of abstain from the typical at that point I was playing a lot of video games at night and I was watching a lot of movies and TV and and, and following the news really closely and when I didn't do that I found that I was more interested in reading books I was more interested in journaling playing cards with my girlfriend you know going for walks I was more interested in doing the things that were, that are that are sort of thought of as simple pleasures and there's a lot to that I had reset my habits in a really meaningful way. So it was two whole weeks of this before my first ayahuasca ceremony. And by the time I was going and traveling down to, to, to sit in ceremony, I was I felt like I, I felt like I had my youth back a little bit. I felt like I was I had more energy, I had more clarity. I had more an understanding of what I wanted out of my life, what sort of experience I wanted to have during going into this ayahuasca. And that's what is at the heart of the full moon reset challenge. Um, so there's four parts. 
the there are four categories of of resetting four categories of consumption and habits that we take a look at in this full moon reset challenge and they are as follows consumption the food the drinks the drugs all of the things that we consume uh, biologically um, the second category is media which now even more so than in 2011 and and, and increasingly with my clients is huge for a lot of reasons, but we'll get into that in a minute. So we take a an abstinence or a fast from media as part of this four-point protocol. The third area is negative thought patterns. Now this gets a little, mm, for those unfamiliar with life coaching and personal development, if you're not familiar, if you've never tried neurolinguistic programming before, if you're not familiar with this stuff, this one's th- it gets a little hard to follow. But but I'll go slow and, and deliberately so that we can get a, a sense of what that is. And then habits. What do we do behaviorally that we just sort of are on autopilot? What sort of things do we just do without thinking? There's a lot. I mean, when you sit down and think of it. So we take a look at these four categories of our life of consumption, of media, of thoughts and habits. And we take a full and honest uh, audit of this. And it kicks off two days before the beginning of the new moon. I guess I should talk about that. Uh, Hopefully this isn't too disjointed. But the essence is, is that this is a 15 to 16 day process. And the reason that it's 15 to 16 days is that we go in the full moon reset challenge from new moon to full moon. It's a half sidereal cycle. So the new moon, for those of you who don't know, is when there's no moon in the sky. It's dark. It's the darkest night when there's no moon in the sky. The period of no moon in the sky, which is the new moon, to the full moon is a period of 15 or 16 days. And I'll get into the esoteric implications of of why I've chosen and why this works so well in a little bit. But essentially, in that period, just over two weeks, is is the period um, that we take a look at, uh, <laughs> at ourselves, really. So before I dig into the specific protocols, man, this is hard doing a podcast by yourself. It's just one monologue, you know. Um, before I get into the nitty gritties and I unpack uh, consumption, media, thoughts, and habits, I'll talk a little bit about some of the big ideas and I'll tell a story or two about how this works so well, why this works so well, why we have to reduce to move forward in our lives. The thing is, is that we don't have downtime anymore. It doesn't exist. The Think about it. Think of, Think about what it was like 10 years ago or 15 years ago about what downtime was like, you know, people sitting around doing nothing. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, I walked in, I was at my grandma's house and I walked into the living room and my mom and my grandmother were sitting there drinking a cup of coffee and it was dead silent. And I walked in and I think I was probably six or seven years old. And I was like, what are you guys doing in here? You know, we were playing in the backyard. What are you guys doing in here? And they said, we're just sitting. I was like, but are you mad at each other? And they said, no. I said, well, why are you just sitting around? And they both looked at me and they, and they just sort of like frowned at me and they said, we're just enjoying the quiet. We're just enjoying each other's company. And I thought, 
well, that's bizarre. I don't understand that at all. But the idea is, is that we all need downtime. We don't have it anymore. Think of the last time that you had downtime. And I bet I can guess when that was. It was probably when you were on vacation. That was probably the last time where you didn't have anything to do, where you weren't attached to consuming something or going through some process when you were just sort of being, you know, this is an important concept. When you're on vacation, the reason that you feel so good coming back from the vacation in the middle of the vacation largely is due to the fact that you're not working, obviously, right? You don't have work to do. You don't have deadlines. You don't have to sit at your desk. You don't have to deal with anybody except for the people that you've chosen to go on a vacation with, which is probably your family. But in addition to that, in addition to being on vacation and being away from the work that you're doing, you're also relaxed. You're probably walking more. You're probably connecting with nature in a more meaningful way. Obviously, like a vacation to New York is a little bit different than a vacation to Cancun, but you get the idea. If you're camping or at some tropical location, you're getting more vitamin D, you're getting more sunlight, your cortisol levels have decreased, you're probably walking around barefoot, hopefully on the sand somewhere, you're eating leisurely, you're probably having a couple of drinks if you want. You're likely less attached to the media cycle and what's going on in the news, which is huge. And that's really, really rewarding. That's downtime. That's taking a moment to get away from the typical stuff that you do every single day and connecting with yourself and your family. You're talking, you're chatting, you're walking, you're eating, you're doing fun things, you're having activities. You're grounding down. You're actually connecting with the vibration and the magnetism of the planet. And that's a huge, huge thing. And then when you get back from your vacation, you go back to work, you get back into the groove, you get back into the same rhythms that you have five, at least five days a week, those habits start to find their way back in. You know, scrolling on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or, you know, skipping breakfast and opting for, you know, some snack or donuts in the break room. You know, here's the thing too. I'm not trying to to demean anybody. I'm not trying to um, make anybody feel bad. But if you're not where you want to be in your life and you feel disconnected from who you really are, this it's this is an excellent time. This protocol specifically is is really like the most effective way to get back in touch with that. You know, I, I get it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just giving you giving you ideas here. So when you get back into when you get back into the groove, you get back into the same rhythms, those levels of consumption, those levels of negative thought patterns around, you know, being pissed off at your boss or, you know, self stimulation, talking about masturbation, you know, um, drinking habits, cannabis use, you know, prescription drugs one way or another, those sorts of things, they just sort of creep back in and, and we allow them to because they're coping mechanisms or optimization protocols that, we're, that we think are, are doing us a lot of good or maybe just masking 
um, some of the garbage that we're dealing with in our life. And then the cycle starts back over. So the idea that when you are on a vacation, you are resetting. Uh, it, it's, it's an important sort of keep that in the back of your mind. So the full moon reset challenge is an excellent time to decide to start the things that you know that you want to do. Said another way, if you want to start meditation, this is a great time to do that. If you want to start a spin class or do Peloton at home, if you want to join a jujitsu gym or go to yoga, this is like the perfect opportunity for you to do that. And here's why. When you stop looking at your phone incessantly, again, I'm going to talk about the mechanisms and the specific protocols here in a minute. But when you stop scrolling through your phone incessantly, when you feel more clear of mind because you're not drinking and not having you know, a bowl of ice cream every night, when you are more clear and you are more present of mind, you look for things to do that are fun and interesting, kind of like being a kid again. You look for things to do that are that are for your best interest. You know, maybe you start going outside and going for more walks. You know, when was the last time you went out for a walk at night in your neighborhood? When was the last time that you journaled? This is a perfect time to do that. Not only to track your progress and, and be honest with how you're feeling, it's actually part of the protocol. But when you're not just gorging on Netflix for two hours a night, instead you're busting out the deck of cards and playing, you know, war or rummy or pinochle or bridge or something with your with your family. That's that's the good stuff. That's what your kids are gonna remember. That's what you're gonna remember. So if you wanna start reading a book, if you wanna get into a positive habit that you know makes you feel good but is not as sexy or alluring as um, going out to the bars, this is the perfect opportunity to do this. A, because you're isolating a little bit, and that's part of this, is to sort of isolate from people so that you can get more in touch with yourself. But you have to find something to spend your time doing and painting a picture or doodling or drawing on paper uh, is is this is the perfect time to do that. If you want to begin healthy practices that you know are going to be good for you, but you haven't found the right time to get into them, this is it. This is the time. This is the opportunity to start doing things for you that you know are good, but are not particularly convenient. They're not particularly easy. You know, I get it. Video games or Netflix are, are, are certainly more alluring than playing a deck of cards by candlelight. But I'll tell you which one is more meaningful. You know, the simple truth is that we're constantly acquiring useless mental and physical habits that don't actually serve our best interest. They don't actually make us better people. They just stimulate us. You know, we're attached and connected to these culturally sanctioned distractions that are not meant to make us happy. They're not meant to make us better people. They're just sanctioned distractions to keep us dull. And I'm not going to go full Orwellian on you, but the powers that be don't want us to be in touch with ourselves. I think that's super obvious. Okay, so let's jump into how this thing works. 
So it all begins two days before the new moon, which in this case, by the time this episode is being released, is October 28th. It's October 28th. So let's let's talk about how this works. So two days before the next new moon, you're going to sit down and make the list. And I'm doing air quotes, the list. And in this list, you're going to write down in these within these four categories, the things in your life that you know are no good for you. So you're going to make a list of all the things that you consume that uh, that are gnarly, right? So you're going to make a list of all the foods that you eat, things that contain massive amounts of sugar. You're going to make a list of all the things that have white flour, the drinks that you consume. And what you're going to do is you're going to sort of look at a typical week and you're going to say, yeah, I usually have a couple bottles, uh, a bottle of wine, or I'll have a couple of beers, or I'll have, you know, three bowls of ice cream, or I'll have, um, you know, a dessert uh, two or three times a week. And you're just going to make that list. Uh, Of course, it's variable. But, you know, again, we get into these habits. So you kind of know what you what you eat and what you don't. Is it a handful of gummy bears, whatever. So you're going to make a list of these things, the foods, the drinks, the drugs. You're going to make a list of all of these things that you consume, um, exhaustive, on one sheet of paper. And this is your opportunity to be super honest with yourself. Like don't BS yourself and cut corners. Like really, really be truthful. This is just for you. This isn't to, to show people how cool you are. This is not virtue signaling. This is like okay, let's get real. What am I doing that I shouldn't? Smoking cigarettes at night, um, during the day, you know, um, um, whatever. Make an exhaustive list. As the second part of that list, in the second category, you're going to write down your media habits. The best part about this is that most people's phones have like a time tracker where you can see actually how much time to the minute you're spending on your phone. Now I get it. You have to work. You have to go to work. You have to do your job. For most of us, for most people that are listening to this right now, um, even for the entrepreneurs, you can make the decision, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you can make the decision to, to when work is done, work is done. Okay? So don't take work home with you. This, again, it's just two weeks. If you're a CEO or an attorney or the director of something, tell people, and this is part of this, I'll explain in a minute. Uh, tell people that you're going to you're gonna not be looking at your phone at night. And that's part of it. So write down your media consumption habits. How often do you look at your phone? You can look at your phone to tell you exactly when. And then at night, what are you doing? Are you listening to podcasts? Which, of course, is <laughs> a good deal. Uh, are you watching Netflix? You know, there are only a few sources of screens that we uh, that we you know, are looking at at night, it's either a tablet, a phone or a television. Uh, and, and what's your sort of typical, typical day or typical week? How much, how much time do you spend? Like, like really, like how much Netflix do you watch each night? Be honest, write that down. When I talk about the screen exposure, I'm just sort of implying that you're looking at stuff that's not necessarily great for you. You know, I do put the Kindle in a different category that is technically a screen, but if you're reading a book on a Kindle, that's a lot different, obviously, than watching Bandersnatch on Netflix, binge watching, you know, two hours every single night. Of course, I'm going to, we'll talk a little bit more about, about why that's so bad for you, but it, at this point, it should be, it should be super obvious. 
and that's on its own page, all the list of your, your media consumption and your screen exposure. The third page is going to be your negative thoughts. Now, this is where it gets a little bit squirrely for people and a little bit unclear. And so we'll spend just a fair amount of time here explaining that. So on the third piece of paper, you're going to sit quietly, breathing through your nose. And you're going to ask yourself very quietly in your mind, what thought patterns are my default? Am I generally, are you generally a negative person, a positive person? What do you tell yourself? Are you hard on yourself? Do you, are you constantly pushing yourself to go, 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 go? I mean, if you're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast like I have, I mean, every sing, I've heard every single episode. And then when I took over, you know, this is about being your best. And like I've said before, sometimes being your best is slowing down and abstaining from certain behaviors. But what are you telling yourself? You know, there's a part of your brain which is called the default mode network. And the default mode network is basically like your sort of egoic narrative. When there's no one around, when it's quiet, what do you tell yourself? Do you, Are you hard on yourself? A lot of us really are. And we have these governing narratives that just make us feel lousy. You know, when, when, when you're faced with adversity in your day, do you get into what's called looping where you just sort of repeat the same thing over and over and over? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Or, um, you know, I'll, I'll cool it with the examples. So what sort of, of thought patterns are happening in your head? One way that you can kind of get a sense for this is you can think of the last couple of conversations that you've had. So go back and think of the the last four or five convert like actual face-to-face conversations that you had in the day. And then think about how you felt walking away from those conversations. Were you feel did you feel like, yeah, that went really well. I feel good. Or do you feel like, no, I should have said something differently? Watch watch what your reaction was as you were walking away. Put yourself back in your shoes in that conversation. If you want to, you can, again, this is before the fasting protocol begins. So if you want to look at text messages and just kind of like assess the vibe and the tone of your, you know, your sort of inner voice and your outer voice and how you express yourself, take, take a, take a really clear, really honest, uh, approach of the different things that you're telling yourself throughout the day. Make a whole page exhaustive. Um, this is this is this this exercise in and of itself is something that I do with my coaching clients that really just like sort of purges. It lets out all of the loops, all of the negative thoughts that we have during the day, um, because those create new neural connections. Those create narratives in your life that that ten years of doing that, and suddenly you think of yourself as a toad, and that sucks. So do a whole page of it. On the, th- on the fourth page, you're going to take a look at habits. I would imagine that this is going to be pretty clear. You know, uh, things that should go on this list are exercise or lack thereof. You know, how much sitting do you do? Um, do you bite your fingernails? Do you smoke cigarettes or um, cigars too much? Do you smoke cannabis too much? Um, how often do you masturbate? Um we'll take a second to think to talk about masturbation because especially for the guys this is a major 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 problem um you know what habits in your life are you doing that are that are not good um how's your hygiene 
Like how, how frequently do you, um, go to the dentist? How, how frequently do you brush your teeth? Are you doing biohacking stuff or not? Do you, do you stay up too late? That's a habit. Even if you're watching TV, which of course, this is how these all tie together. But what sort of habits do you have in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing anymore? Um, I'm just trying to think of anything else. Uh, and, and at this point, you know, I think for most of my clients, it's really tied to media. It's really tied to the consumption and, and staring at screens late at night for no great productive purpose. That, that That's a big part of this. So then you've now made the list. You've made a list of these four categories of consumption, media, thoughts, and habits that you're being honest with yourself. You're being upfront with yourself. Before this whole thing begins, you've made this list. So after that, after you've made this list, then you're going to uh, you're going to prepare for the next two weeks. So within the protocol, within the full moon reset challenge, what I what I prescribe, what I suggest, how you follow this is uh, one of two ways. As far as dietary, because this is a big part of it. Obviously, cut out sugar. That alone. Seriously, not eating sugar for two weeks, you're going to be a different person. If you have a sugar thing with sugar, I know a lot of you are keto and maybe some of you are carnivore, but not eating sugar, really, really being strict with yourself for two weeks to not eat sugar, you're going to be a different person. Like your body will respond. Your metabolism will respond. The first couple of days are going to suck ass for sure, but it's worth it. So what I suggest during this two-week period, the 16-day half-sidereal cycle, is either slow-carb or keto. Now, the reason that I say slow-carb is that for people who are just sort of eating, you know, three squares a day, balanced macros, and are not particularly disciplined with nutrition, it's going to be really hard for you to jump from that point into keto. Um, But slow carb might be more, much more accessible to you. So slow carb, uh, you know, I sort of borrowed um, from the Tim Ferriss four hour body, which is 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking up. And there's really a couple of really easy to follow rules within the slow carb diet, which is avoid white starchy carbohydrates uh, or those that can be white. This means no bread, no pasta, rice, potatoes, or grains. Rule number two, eat the same few meals over and over again, especially for breakfast and lunch. And this is for adherence. It's easier to follow. It's easier to stick with this if you just simplify the whole thing. Uh, don't drink calories, right? So that's um, no energy drinks, um, you know, freaking milkshakes or lattes or mochas. You know, it's pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte season, everybody. Uh, and it's terrible for you. Uh, rule number four, don't eat fruit. So this is along the same lines as, uh, you know, the paleo diet, which is, um, you know, f- uh, no fructose. Fructose gets goes to glycerol. Phosphate um, equals more body fat. And um, as we know, uh, unless we're getting tons of vitamin D living in a blue zone, we shouldn't really, really be eating fruit anyway, especially not out of season. Um, I'm guilty of that, though, uh, especially with, with my family. We eat a lot of fruit. Um and then uh, with one of the parts of the slow-carb diet is to have a cheat day. But in this case, uh, for the full moon reset challenge, we do not have a cheat day. But here's the thing. If you can adhere to uh, these rules of the slow-carb diet, that might be easier than doing keto. 
while you're doing the full moon reset challenge, if you can get into keto, if you are already used to doing sort of the slow carb thing, if you're already used to, um, if you've tinkered around with ketosis, if you've put MCT oil and butter and blended it up in your coffee, cool, do that. So you really have two choices. You can either eat for keto, which is high fat, low protein, no carbs, or you can do the slow carb diet. But you're going to have to prep for this. So two days before the new moon, you're going to have to go grocery shopping. And when you get back from grocery shopping, after you've made the list and you now you it's sort of in your subconscious mind, you, you're aware of the ways that you eat and the ways that you consume media, the way you think and the habits that you have, that's sort of percolating in your mind. Then you go to the grocery store, you go grocery shopping for either the slow carb or the keto for the next you know week. We grocery shop weekly, I'm sure. Um, and then when you get home, to just to make it simple for yourself, throw away all the food that you don't need. And this is a good, you know, Marie Kondo uh, sort of approach. Just like toss out those boxes of rice aroni, the pasta that's like in the back of the cupboard, all the little treats that have just kind of been sitting there. Just toss that shit out. Just throw it in the garbage. You just, I mean, especially just don't tempt yourself for this for this two week process. So now that you've made the list, now that you've got grocery shopped, now that you know that within this protocol, there are two ways that you can eat. Um, if you want to do slow carb and intermittent fast, I, I I suggest that you do, especially, I mean, it's been massively powerful for me and, and it's been massively powerful for my clients who are high achievers that, can, that would love an excuse to skip breakfast. Um, so slow carb or keto for the next 16 days of the full moon reset period. And then after you've done that, you're going to tell your friends, you're going to let them know that this is what you're doing. Because all of a sudden, if you're posting to Facebook four or five, six times a day, and all of a sudden you don't no, you know, somebody's going to notice probably, maybe people don't care. But what you're going to do is you're going to tell them like, hey, just so that you know, maybe you want to post it publicly, or maybe you just want to tell people individually, like, hey, just for the next two weeks, I'm not going to be very accessible. I'm doing the full moon reset challenge. I'm sort of isolating a little bit um, because I want to reduce the consumption in my life and the negative thought patterns because I want to get more in touch with who I am. And maybe that opens up a conversation or maybe they say, cool, man, talk to you in two weeks. That's fine. But what it does is when you tell people what you're doing, there's a higher level of adherence. There's a higher level of a positive outcome once you stated, hey, this is my intention. <clears throat> I did this in 2017 and decided to announce to all of my friends and family and write a blog that I was going to not have a drop of alcohol or any cannabis for 12 months uh, for all of 2017. And the reason that I'd stuck with it is because I told people I was going to do it and I had to stick with it because I didn't want to look like a, I don't know, weakling. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to stick with it. So I told a bunch of people the same thing works. Tell people that you're going to be doing this for two weeks so that it's clear and stated so that if people want to support you or if they just want to give you a little bit of space, you can do that. So at this point, before the before the before the new moon starts, there's some other aspects of this which get into intention setting, which get into sort of some personal development and coaching practices that I'm actually going to not talk about right now because I think people might check out. Um, but I will tell you, it's 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 wrapped into this protocol. 
we have to be intentional about what we're doing. Like, what do you intend to get out of this period? What do you want to know about yourself at the end of the full moon reset challenge? So now that you kind of have an idea of the things that you're going to be abstaining from for the next two weeks, you'll have to find new ways to fill your time. So because you're doing a, a process of understanding yourself in a deeper way, what could you do instead of watching Netflix every night? What could you do instead of eating pizza and drinking beer with the homies on a Sunday? We hear some ideas. And these go directly in line with the full moon reset challenge. Meditate. I'm not going to beat the drum that hard, but meditation, bar none, flat out, is the most effective way to get in touch with yourself. It's easy. It's free. It's simple. It's rewarding. It makes you smarter. It makes you more creative. It makes you more interesting. It makes you less stressed. Flat out. If you wanted an excuse to start a meditation practice, this is it. So if you want to start the full moon reset challenge and also start taking some TM classes, do it. If you want to do an online course or whatever, you want to start Headspace, do it. It's perfect, perfect time to do it. Some other suggestions that I have for you are to to go float. Go to, go find a sensory deprivation tank center, a flotation tank center near you, and go float. Get in there. Like go. It feels amazing, and it is by far for me, aside from right next to meditation, the most effective way to get in touch with yourself flat out. You know, if you're a Joe Rogan listener, he said this a, th- a thousand times, you know, it's part of my reality too. It's, it's, it's been, you know, 600 plus hours of, for me in the float tank to understand myself in a deeper level. It's made me a way better person. And, and if you do it two or three times a week, for these two weeks of the full moon reset challenge, if you do that, you're going to understand a lot more clearly what you want out of your life. I have no doubt about that. It will come to you. Believe me, just go in there and breathe. What's some other things that you can do? An important part of this within this period is to go outside. You know, uh, I'll talk about the connection to the moon in a second and why that matters, but essentially connecting with the natural cycles of, of the planet is important. You know, we like to think that we're sort of outside of nature. <laughs> nature, the term nature is slippery for a lot of people anyway, because it, it allows us to think, well, I'm, I live in New York or I live in LA. Like I'm not connected with nature. Like it's all nature. We're all nature. So one way that you can enhance this is by making a point of going outside, go for a walk after dinner, go outside in your lunch break, you know, go for a hike on the weekends. There's things there's there's lots of cool things that you've never seen that are not that far away from your house. Go check them out. Go sit by a river for a second. You know, stack rocks, <clears throat> stack rocks by the pond. This will enhance your connection to not only the natural cycles of the earth and the moon, but also to yourself. It will connect you. Journal. I talked about it in the very beginning, but this is an excellent opportunity to like understand how you think about things. What do you think about the relationships that you're in or your job? Spend some time every day just sort of naturally, easily writing down some ideas of some things that, uh, that, are, that are on your mind. Get it out. Don't just sit up and stew on it. Get it on paper. Take this opportunity to start the books. Read the books that you are really interested in, the things that you've been meaning to read, the, things that, uh, the books that have been sitting on the bookshelf. Like Read those. Play games. Find, find that, uh, that old, uh, monopoly box, bust it out, play some chess, 
learn a new game. Again, like that feeling of, of that, that, uh, that childlike wonder in the world is still there for you. It's still accessible. It's just, uh, it's just muddled by, um, you know, narratives and violence and bad food and the friggin' political climate. The other thing, you know, if you're a musician, pick up the guitar, um, play some music, draw, read, these are all really good ideas. You know, if you want to take it a step further to work on the biological self, do some um, hydrotherapy or do photobiomodulation, do red light therapy, do some sauna, go to a cryo place, do these sorts of biohacking um, techniques that will that will get you more into your body. Because in order to change your mind, you have to change your body too. And this is a big part of what you know Tony Robbins talks about. You have to change your state. He's right. You're not going to make any huge, inspiring uh, decision while you're sitting in a dark room with the TV on. It's just not going to happen. You have to change your state of mind. State of mind through changing your state of body first. So here's the moon connection. For those of you, I can already hear people like, oh, yeah, cool, man, hippie, you know, uh, yeah, we're going to stick to this moon thing. Here's the thing is that, you know, our bodies are made of water um, and um, Aristotle made the connection that our body is is water. So is our brain. It's a it's a moist organ that very well can be influenced by the moon, just like the tides. Again, I can hear all of you guys out there going, that's bullshit. No, it's not. There's no science to support that. Okay, fine. So think, then think about it this way. We, It's possible that our minds and our bodies, which are mostly water, are influenced by the moon. But furthermore, what's even more important, I think, is from an evolutionary um, physiological and spiritual aspect. Every generation going back, all of our ancestors were much more in tune with the cycles of the moon, flat out. They, they were outside later at night when the moon was out because it's brighter. So we know that, that our ancestors, our you know, great, 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 great grandparents would tend to be more active at night when there was more moonlight out. We know, we do know, and science does support, that there are there is a higher frequency of uh, ER visits in full moon. Um, we know, at least culturally, that, um, oh, it must be a full moon because people start to get a little bit kooky, werewolves and all that good shit. But more importantly is that within our bodies, within our DNA, has this sort of connection to the cycles of the moon. And as we become more active, as it gets to be brighter and brighter in the sky, and we stay up later, we are in tune with that. And the new moon is a perfect time to start something new. Makes sense. We can start new relationships, new habits. Um, We can be okay in a darker sky making new decisions for ourselves. Okay, so follow me here. As you are making a decision to do new things in your life for this 16-day half-sidereal cycle as it gets toward the new moon, that's when things manifest. 
that's when things come on. That's when there's higher energy, um, you know, full moon solstice action, pagan parties on the beach. As we build more and more toward the full moon, we are becoming more and more in touch with who we are. So even though we are abstaining and resetting our systems, our habits, our, our ways of consumption, we are getting closer to a period in a full moon where things become manifest. So as we understand ourselves, the energy and the vibe on the planet increases, especially wherever you are in the world as it gets toward a new moon, to like uh, fully realize who we are and what we want. Culmination is what, it, what really the sort of the driving word. So we are in touch with that. And our great, 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 great grandparents were more in touch with that. You know, I'll spare the really esoteric explanations for this conversation. I'll spare you from all of that now because I have a feeling that maybe this audience may not connect with that as deeply. Uh, but we are we are tied to the cycles of the planet. We are tied to the cycles of the moon. And in that way, we can decide to make a major change in 16 days. We can decide to reset all of the things that are messing with us. We can make a conscious choice to, to make some changes in our life. So what do you do after the 16-day period? That's up to you. Uh, I've got lots of ideas and they will be coming out as part of this full moon reset challenge. You will know yourself and your habits more clearly at the end of this 16 days than maybe you have in a very, very, very long time. You know, whenever you're coming back from vacation, you start to question things. Do I really want to be in this job? Do I really want to live in this city? Do I really want to be with this person? You question those. The same things happen happens here. And for some people, just cutting out alcohol and sugar and screen time in three days, just like myself, in three or four days, you get to this point where you're you're more clear than you have been in a long time. So at the end of the 16 days, you can decide, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a drink, or yeah, I'm gonna watch a movie, whatever. And that's fine. You should do that without feeling bad about yourself. But I will tell you, because I've experienced this and my clients have experienced this time and time and time again, is that you're going to have a different relationship to those substances. You're going to have a different awareness of how your body reacts to them. You're also going to be more aware of the detrimental sort of inner narrative that you've been, that's been your default for a long time. You're going to catch yourself being a negative Nelly, I think. I, I mean, I know I've, I've seen it myself and I've seen it with my clients before because of this conscious clarity, this cleansing, this reset over the course of the 16 days, you're, you're going to be more aware of the things that, that, that come up and screw with you from that period going forward. I, many of my clients have decided to keep with it. Many of my, of my clients have decided to continue on and either radically change their alcohol consumption or radically change the way that they consume media. And it makes them happier people. It makes them more connected 
with their mind and their body and their spirit. And of course, whatever you choose to do is up to you. But you've at least had gone through this 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 period of fasting and abstinence and audit of your life. And now you can move forward with, with greater clarity. So I hope that this has been informative for you guys. I hope that this has been interesting and I hope that that you guys are are curious about this. You know, we're in Q4. It's October and um this is a really nice time to let go of stuff. You know, this is fall. Uh, again, sort of with the seasonal connections, it's fall. And things, this is the where we let shit go. This is where the trees drop leaves. This is where sepsis occurs. This is a, a really perfect time. You know, a lot of us are doing sober October, which you haven't, if you haven't heard of, is it's been around for a long time, sort of culturally. But this is a, a lot of my friends, at least. Are, are taking October off and part of that's to prepare for you know football season and playoffs and um, Thanksgiving and the holiday season where we get together and, and drink and have libations but this is a really excellent time in your life to, to really let shit go and there's nothing better than letting go of things that don't serve you anymore um, so like I said in the very beginning go to the go to fullmoonreset.com you know, this is the first time that I've rolled this out publicly. It's been working really well for my clients, but this is the first time that I've rolled this out publicly. It's going to be ready soon. By the time that you know the original posting of this of this episode, um, full moon reset is still there. But at the at the point of this, this is still a few weeks away. I want to see if people are really interested in this because it's ready to it's 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 ready for me to 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 finish up, uh, and and I'm really excited to bring it to you. I'd love your feedback. Um, I've, I've recently seen some reviews and stuff on, on iTunes of the podcast, and I'm so, so, so blessed, so grateful that so many people listen to this episode every single, every single week, and I uh, wanted an opportunity to bring this to you. You know, we've got some cool episodes coming up. Um, we've got Rob Wolf. He's going to be in December, actually. Um, we've got some cool products to talk about in upcoming episodes of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about exosomes and stem cells. Uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of, of, of cool stuff. Dr. Ben Lynch, Metabolic Mike. We've got great episodes coming up, but this was a really cool opportunity for me to, to share this information with you. So go to fullmoonreset.com. You can email me always, sean at seanmccormick.com. Follow me on Instagram, real Sean McCormick. You know, my other podcast is called the Mystic Mac Podcast, which uh, I think I've got eight, eight episodes. Um, it's hard to do two two podcasts, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, maybe I'll ask myself um, to fill in the blank here. I did not prepare for this. Oh, shame on me. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing. who they really are when everything else has been filtered out. Who you are deep, deep down without media, without money, possessions, in a sort of stoic, philosophical way. Who are you? What's important to you? What will you stand up for? How do you want to live your life? Everyone would would benefit from knowing themselves in a deeper way. And I've got lots of ideas for you. 
goes along with this. Thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast.